Welcome to the Strong John Fitness Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you achieve your best body without the BS. We'll cover training, nutrition, basically everything you need for a successful fitness journey, and we'll have some fun along the way. I'm your host, John Vlahoinakos. Let's get into it. All right, so welcome to the newest episode of the Strong John Fitness Podcast. Thank you for listening. I am here with Alex Harriman. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Yeah, that's right. You got it. Um, awesome. Okay. He is an amazing online coach. I uh, met him this year through the OTA2, so it's the Online Trainer Academy Level 2, which is like the best of the best trainers in the world, not to uh, not to brag, but this guy is amazing. Um, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time being on the show um, I'd love for you to just tell everybody who you are and, and why you're here. Awesome. Thanks for having me here, John. I appreciate it. And I uh, feel the same about you and the rest of the crew in the OTA2 group. Um, so, so my story, I started, I started personal training in person 2008. Uh, and I did that for about 10 years until my son was born. He was born 2017. And as you know, I mean, you've got kids, you know how busy that life is. Um, the life in the gym is early mornings, late nights, every day you're in the gym early, you're there late night, you have the whole middle of the day off it, it, as my son got a little bit older, I was missing out on tons and tons of family time, which I realized wasn't going to work for me and I needed to make some change. So, uh, 2018, I started bringing my business online and, uh, since then I've just been pushing more and more and more. And then this year, uh, well, last year, 2020, I, I completely stopped in person and, and went all online. And uh, basically what I do with Breaking 90 Fitness is we, we help busy women lose fat sustainably. So we're all about sustainable progress and lifelong progress. No extreme, no extremes, no quick fixes, no crash diets, um, all sustainable. So that's that's what I do. And that's that's kind of how I got there. That's awesome, man. I didn't realize you're, you've been a coach for so long. That's a, that's quite a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so right out of high school, actually, I, um, I started forest firefighting in Northern Ontario and, uh, the way that that job worked is was, it was when you first started out, it was about a four month contract. And then as you gained seniority, you got a little bit longer contract. Um, I, I was always laid off every winter. Obviously, there's no forest fires in Canada in the winter. Uh, so all winter, I would revert back to training. And that's uh, so in my off time, I got certified, got some experience. And then every winter I would train every summer, I would go to forest firefighting. That's awesome, man. What, uh, what got you into into forest firefighting? I always wanted to be a firefighter um, ever since I was a kid. And uh, when I was coming around to graduate in high school, I didn't know which path I wanted to take. Like a lot of people when they're, when they're 18 years old, didn't know which path I wanted to take. And uh, a friend of the family, he flew water bombers at the time. And he, he introduced me to forest firefighting and, and I threw my hat in the, threw my hat in the ring and never looked back. I did that for six years. That's awesome, man. So yeah. And you're this, you've been in Barry the whole time. Uh, no, I, I was born and raised in North Bay and then I fought forest fires in Timmins. Oh, okay, cool. And then recent, just recently did you moved to Barry? We've been in Barry about five years now. Five years. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome, man. So what, um, what got you into fitness specifically? Was it like part of the training for the job or you just kind of enjoyed it? Yeah. So I think, I think I knew 
I was going to have to be in good shape getting into firefighting. And I knew that was important. And uh, a lot of people I spoke to about firefighting told me that you're not, you're not going to stand much of a chance till you're a bit older, till you have some experience under your belt. So go get some courses, go, go take a college course, get some experience. So what I did in my off season from forest firefighting is I went and I took strength and sport conditioning just because it was interesting to me. And it was never an intention of mine to get into the field or work in the field. And, and I fell in love with it. I, uh, we worked with a lot of athletes and teams and I, I fell in love with the training. And, and the more I got involved with it, the more I started to fall in love with the, the nutrition side of things, the habit-based side of things. And, and now I don't, I hardly work with athletes at all, actually, but that's, that's the way that the door opened for me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, our stories are a little similar is where like, I had no idea what I was doing coming out of high school like my plan was to do the uh, the victory lap get some extra credits and then see where I can go with hockey obviously that didn't pan out but like with hockey fitness is kind of like right there too um, and it's funny you said that because I always envisioned myself working with athletes it was like yeah like I'll get certified then I'll get my CSCS and I'm going to work with a hockey team and here we are I'm 31 now so I guess like eight years later I'm not I'm not working with athletes at all like I'm working with parents um, strictly fat loss, which is funny how like life kind of, you have a plan almost, but then it, you just, you just take the path that that's almost, almost laid out for you in a sense. I think, uh, I think when it started out, it was so hard to get athletes to work with you because athletes wanted to work with the most experienced trainer. And so the, the people who were coming to me the most for help were, were parents and, and people who weren't looking for that, that extreme of a program or, or the best coach around. And, and I, as I started to get that experience and really dive into it, I, I, I actually started to fall in love with all of the other sides rather than just the specific training of things. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. So you've been exclusively coaching women now for how many years would you say? You know what? Uh, it's even now, occasionally we, we will work with men. Um, if, if they're a really good fit for the program, um, I just have found that in, in our group, we, we run a, we run a bit of a group. I find that women are typically more comfortable in the group setting that we've created. Um, so it's not often we will work with men, but occasionally we do work with a man still. Okay. That's all right. Yeah. And then, I mean, how old are you now? 31. Okay. So we're the same age. So, I mean, there's no telling, I mean, if you're you can hit your forties. Like you, you could shift gears if you felt like that athlete bug hits you again. Um, but for the foreseeable future, I mean, breaking 90 is doing really well. It sounds like, um, so you're just, you just keep the path in 2021. Yeah. I've got no plans of changing anything right now. I've, I'm passionate about it still and I enjoy it. And if that ever changes, then I'll make sure to change it because it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be something that you love doing or it's not worth doing. Right. Which is, it's great. And I'm, I'm glad you bring that up too, because I mean, 2020 was, I'll, I'll say it's a tough year for everyone. And the year was what you made it out to be. Um, I think you and I both had really, really solid business years from what I, we've seen of each other in our group when we chatted. Um, but then you've also seen 2020 was like the rise of, of online coaching, but it's people who've never online coached before. Mm. So I think what happened in 2020 was, a lot of people saw it as a money-making opportunity and it's not that they were ever trainers in the past or ever really cared to be a coach, jump into the fitness space online. And all of a sudden you call them competition. If you want, I don't really call them competition, but you see people doing this for money, not for the passion. So 
the reason I, part of the reason why I asked you to come on this show is because I know that you live the fitness lifestyle. You're a busy parent yourself. Um, and you, you, you care, you're a coach who cares about their clients, um, to the parent side of things. How have you felt over the past, you said your son is three. Yeah. He's so three. How, how have you felt with business and, and raising a child and, and having a three-year-old and how does all that fit into your life right now? Um, you know what, at first it was a big, big challenge. And, and I think one of the things that I just highlighted as you're speaking there that stood out is, is how the same as we encourage our clients to step outside of their comfort zone in order to grow, we have to do the same thing as coaches or and anybody has to in any aspect of growth. And when I first started the online business, I sucked at it. right like we all did it was it was a whole it was a whole new game and I I wasn't sleeping well and my my eating became a a third fourth fifth priority and same with my training and and things started to shift and I'm trying to I'm trying to balance that home life and yeah I sucked at it for sure so I think the biggest shift for me has just been learning how to schedule and how to prioritize things you know you you really learn how to become efficient with the times that you have and that's the same thing that you and I both work on with our clients is, is teaching people that we all have the same amount of time in a week. We all have the same amount of time in a day. If you want to make something, if you want to grow, if you want to change, you have to step outside your comfort zone and you have to shift those priorities. It's very true. Um, I guess I, I consider myself lucky in a sense that like when our firstborn was born, like I was pretty new in the fitness industry. I was working strictly in person at a big box gym. So I didn't have to worry about marketing, content, emails, sales, like any of that stuff, because it was all done for me. The only thing I had to do, show up for my clients in person, train them, go back home and, and like focus on the baby. Now, balancing a four-year-old and a baby, it's stressful. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, like, I didn't, I knew it would be stressful. I didn't think it would be like to this extent where time blocks are so much more important, but at the same time, they have to be flexible. Like when you, when your son was, was a newborn, did you just kind of roll with whatever day went or did you try to schedule it or because it was all brand new, you just said, I'll do what I can whenever I can. Yeah. When he was newborn, I wasn't scheduling at all. It was like, whenever I had a bit of motivation and a bit of time, I'd try to get something done. And I mean, uh, it reflects on, on how the business has grown since then. Of course, I, I, I wasn't doing what I was doing back then. So, um, yeah, it, I, I definitely, it was much harder when he was a newborn and I wasn't nearly as efficient when he was a newborn either. So that, that compounded on one another. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like the longer you're into your own business and you start to look back, you, I almost, you almost feel bad. Like I almost feel bad for my clients I had in the beginning. Like I love them for trusting me as a new online coach and all that stuff. But then I look back at the processes and I'm like, man, like I those just terrible and like the content I used to write and like it's crazy but it's it shows like coaches like yourself who care who are trying to grow and help more people they're growing as a person themselves and you brought that up earlier it's like you need to have kind of a growth mindset you need to step out of your comfort zone in order to achieve something you haven't achieved before so like for our clients um, both are looking for fat loss but long term it's about changing your habits it's not about what's the latest supplement going to do for me? It's not like what's the most popular diet because those all crash and burn. It's like, how do we develop these habits that we can keep like lose 15, 20 pounds and keep it off for more than 
two months. What, um, what are your top kind of tips for the, the people that you work with in order to like start to develop these habits and say they have no idea what they're doing when it comes to nutrition? Like, where would you start with someone like that? I think, uh, I think, well, there's a few things that I push almost every single day. One of them is, is avoid that all or nothing mindset. That all or nothing mindset is what destroys people. Um, we, we all like the idea of exercising five days a week and eating nothing but broccoli and chicken, but it's just not sustainable for most people and probably for anybody realistically. Um, and, and people go into something new with that mindset that if I, I have to do all of this right, or it's not going to work at all. So that's, that's one of the biggest shifts that I work on right off the hop with people is okay. What were you doing before? What is the end goal? how can we bring you the absolute smallest, most sustainable step forward at a time? So if you weren't working out at all before, there's no way I'm going to expect you to work out five days a week to start. If we, if we can start with two days a week, that's amazing. Um, so the, the all or nothing mindset, I would say avoid that, number one. Um, number two is, is what I call with my clients, minimize the damage. And what, what I mean by that is how you can, any day that isn't a perfect day, how you can just be a little bit better than you were before you started my program. And, and that's a really, really big thing I push. So um, I just had a large group go through Christmas with me and I think 13 people came through Christmas. And at the end of it, I asked them all, I said, how did you guys make out? And most of them said, ah, I didn't do great. I could have done a lot better. And then I said, okay, now what I want you to do is compare it to your past five Christmases. How did you do and they're like, oh, well, I did way, way better than my past five Christmases. And, and that's exactly what minimizing the damage is. How can you be a little bit better than you were in the past? And, and that's, that's literally how we grow sustainably without, without making those extreme changes. And then the last thing, number three, is something that I say every day is get your purposeful movement in. Find something you're passionate about and do it. Do it every day. If, if it's walking to start with, do it every day for 20 minutes. And the same as nutrition, people will think it needs to be that all or nothing. But realistically, if we can just move a little bit more every day, it's going to add up huge. That's awesome, man. That minimize the damage speaks volumes. I think, I mean, the all or nothing thing definitely makes sense, especially like we're having this conversation in January where we're two weeks in now. I'm sure a ton of people have adopted this, like, okay, I'm all in this year. And it happens every single year. Um, and I always kind of feel bad because like coaches like us, we try and try and try to get the message out. Like, look, you don't have to do it that way. Like I, it's been a long time since I've been like, okay, I'm going all in on this because I know it's not going to help. So I've learned my mistakes. Now I'm helping others and you're doing the same The minimize the damage thing to me is incredible because it's very easy for someone to just put their hands in the air say, you know what? It's the holidays. I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I feel like it. And then when the holidays are over, they're going to look back. I'm like, man, why did I do that? Like I, like they fully regret not even giving an ounce of effort into their fitness goals. So what you're doing with them is huge because for long-term fat loss and honestly, just staying in shape and health in general, like we need a mindset shift, change your perspective. So for you to help people see like, look, I did better this Christmas than last Christmas or whatever holiday it is. Maybe it's NFL playoffs are going on right now. Maybe people are big into that and they're ordering chicken wings nonstop. Um, minimizing the damage to me is, is massive. How did you, did you develop that on your own going through personal experiences or was that just like learning through your clients? 
Yeah, I would say a little bit of both, truthfully. I mean, I, I think I battled with it myself for many years before I even recognized it. I would I would go all in on my health and, and then, you know, six months later kind of fall off hard. And and I didn't really recognize it, even though I was I was helping others with it. And I think it I think it takes some some years certainly to to acknowledge that. And then seeing it time after time after time again with clients. Uh it's 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 human nature. It's, it's, it's interesting. I ran this 28 day challenge through, through Christmas that I was mentioning to you. And the whole idea of that challenge was, is, was people would go start at the beginning of December and it would run to the beginning of January and they would come out in January, not behind. And, and that's what I really pushed. I'm not, we're not trying to make progress. We're trying to minimize the damage through the holidays. And so, because you know, you're going to be motivated in January, we want to come out firing in January in a really good place and every single person who took it even though I really pushed that they were disappointed that they hadn't made more progress even though that wasn't even the idea right it's it's human it's human nature and it's uh I think it's so important that you keep pushing the message you're pushing and and explain to people that it doesn't have to be all or nothing yeah you touched on a really good a few really good points there it's um well it's not it's not sexy to sell maintenance or just do a little bit more and get a little bit of progress or minimize, like to me, minimize the damage. It's, it's amazing concept, but it's not like sexy. Like it doesn't sound like lose 30 pounds of fat in two months. Like it's people don't like, Oh my God, get excited for that. They're like, no, I'm going to buy something. I want to see all of the progress now. And that's where as coaches, we have to kind of fight that every few months, whether it's the January motivation, uh, pre-summer motivation, or that like fall rejuvenated feeling, before heading into all those holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas again, that we have to fight that nature, that human nature that we want it all and we want it all right now. <laughs> um, yep. It's kind of wild. Um, what would you say to someone who is super motivated in January, doesn't really have a program, doesn't really know what to do next? Like what's a tangible piece of advice you can give someone that wants to lose fat, but obviously keep it off this year? I tell... I tell everybody that you need, you need a system in place and you need an accountability and that accountability can come from a coach. You can hire a coach or you can, you can work with a coach, but it doesn't have to be. If you can create a really good accountability setup or partnership and you can create a really good system, you don't need to have a coach. Although I think everybody can benefit from a coach. I've hired many coaches for myself over the years and I have no shame in saying that. Um, I think we all need a system and we all need accountability. It's you're absolutely right. You're hundred percent. And I, I would argue that if someone in their thirties, especially like in their twenties, I think you can get away with a lot. I know I did in terms of fitness and health and, and still figuring things out, but still seeing some results into your thirties and especially into your forties. And this is my professional opinion. If you are struggling to lose fat continuously thirties, forties, and you've never hired a coach, you never invested into your health and fitness to that point, you need to. I think that's the one missing link because you've spent all these years trying to figure it out for yourself. There's no shame. The best athletes in the world have coaches, the best actors in Hollywood, like everyone who wants to better themselves has a coach holding them accountable or developing a system for them at the very least. Um, it's funny, uh, just a point you brought up earlier about getting a head start in January. I had clients, like I've had clients through, throughout December, and I had a few clients sign up in November because they wanted to get a head start. And 
they understood off the get-go like the two-week period of Christmas, New Year's, that little block of time, that's not a progress-making time. That is like, we're going to cruise, you're going to enjoy some meals, but we're going to develop the habits so you can get a jump start on January. And all the clients that did that feel amazing. Yeah. Like they're, it's almost braggy because they're like, they're there. They're like, yeah, I've been looking around and like everyone's kind of scrambling and everyone's trying to do all the stuff now in January. And I'm just sitting back like, look, I've been doing this now for a few months and I feel great. So like that to me is empowering in itself. And it's just, it's giving our clients, I think, confidence that they can do it. I think that's that, I don't know if you find that with your clients, it's like they don't have the confidence that they were able to do it because they've struggled so much. Absolutely. And I mean, anything that we've tried and failed multiple times, it's discouraging to try again. And, and I would give the same piece of advice to somebody working with a coach. If, if, if you've tried and failed with a coach in the past, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful with another coach. That's true. Yeah. There's, and I think that's, what's amazing about our OTA two group. Like we're all, I would say incredible coaches. A lot of us have the same kind of clientele base, but I'm, I'm, I will highly recommend anybody. I would highly recommend people to you, Alex, because you're an amazing coach. And if someone doesn't really feel my vibe or we don't fit, that's fine because I know people who can help them. Um, At the end of the day, for anyone listening, like if you're coach hunting, look for someone who has a story themselves, like someone who actually shows that they've been through the fitness journey, whether it's transformation or mental transformation, they've been doing it for years. They actually care about the people they're working with because again, be careful in 2021. There's a lot of like quote unquote coaches that are not really out to help. They're out to make money. Um, So people like Alex and a few other people you'll see on this podcast, they care about their clients, whether or not they're my competition they're not competition they're my colleagues um what have you found alex let's shift gears a little bit what have you found so far um we're two weeks into 2021 have you found there's any like trends to watch out for or anything your clients are have been talking to you about in terms of like fitness nutrition supplements yeah i mean it's it's still always the same it's still always the same just a different version right like there's always the extreme the extremes that we have to be wary of that we see uh there's 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 been the the and i'm not saying any of these things are wrong i'm just saying they're not the solution for everybody so the fasting and the keto some of it works great and if it works well for you and you can stick to it i don't have a problem with you doing it but looking for those shortcuts is what i have the the issue with because the shortcuts aren't the answer they never have been the answer and they never will be the answer so um i feel like it's, it's always the same with a different name. Absolutely. <laughs> it's true. How do you, uh, how do you steer someone away from a shortcut? Uh, well, I, I think it's important to ask yourself, has it worked well for you? And most people say, yes, it worked really well because I lost X amount of pounds. And then ask yourself, were you able to sustain it? And if they said no, then it probably didn't work well for you. If it worked well for you for a short period of time, it doesn't mean it worked well for you. Anybody can lose a lot of weight really quickly. It's not that impressive. We can all restrict ourselves. We all have the ability to restrict ourselves greatly for a short period of time. It's not that impressive. It's, it sucks, but we can all do it. The, the, what is impressive is if you can maintain it, if you can hold on to that progress. So if a year later you still have the progress you made, then yeah, that probably is a good lifestyle shift for you. That's amazing. You're absolutely right. And again, I think it's not sexy to sell like 
main, like maintain your weight loss. Like it, it is in a sense, but at the same time, no one's buying things that are like saying, okay, you will lose weight and you will keep it off, but it'll take a long time and you have to work really hard at it. It's like, no, everyone wants to hear like, this is the path to do it. It's really fast. And I'm glad you brought it up because and this is not to downplay anyone's like weight loss in the past or anything anyone's done. It's like weight loss is easy. It, it really, it, it comes down to restricting things and more, most people go wrong is they'll cut out food groups or they'll go on like extreme amounts of, of cardio or training. Like I've had people tell me they're training for two hours a day, six days a week. And yep. I couldn't believe it. And they, I think they think that I do that. Like I'm always flattered that people think like I'm, I'm always balls to the wall working out. And I'm honestly, I'm not like, yep. <laughs> I'm lucky to get three sessions for 30 minutes right now. And even in 2020, like my longest workout was probably 60 minutes. I don't know how people have the time or the energy or even want to work out for so long. Um, but it just goes to show, like, we have to bring people down to like, you don't have to be extreme. I think that's like a running theme with fitness, especially in January. What have you found? Have you had to like, quote unquote, talk anybody off the ledge in terms of like that much exercise? It's yeah, absolutely. Uh, quickly, I wanted to mention that it's the same for nutrition though, because a, a client's always amazed to hear that you eat something like a pizza or something like that. Right. And, and I love, I love your branding and I love your logo with the donut because I think it's so strong and I think it's so important for people to realize that you can fit a donut or a pizza into your lifestyle and still make progress because it's all about consistency and the same thing applies to your nutrition as applies to your exercise um i, I definitely see it all the time I've, I've had people come to me where they said uh, a program where i was really successful in the past i had to work out for two hours every day and i couldn't eat any of the same meals as my family and it's like you're <laughs> you're not going to do that with me <laughs> I'm, I'm not ever going to let you do that so it's, it, it might've worked with you in the short term, but if it had worked for you in the long term, you wouldn't be here talking to me right now. It's true. And I'm going to touch on a couple of things you brought. First of all, thank you for the branding. I appreciate it. And it's part of the branding too, is I it's education because some people will see the donut and they'll be like, Oh, I can eat as many donuts as I want and still lose fat. And I'm like, no, that's not it. It's the fact that you don't have to eat chicken and broccoli and rice three times a day and never have fun. Or if you have fun, you have to feel bad about it because you're not supposed to have a glass of wine or dessert to lose fat. That's not the case. Um, so as coaches, that's what we do. We educate, right? And I'm sure you're 10 out of 10 educator for your clients as well. And I'm glad you brought it up with the, the people who said like the program worked for me in the past. Do you find, and I'll tell my side of the story after is with parents, they're always comparing themselves with who they are now to who they used to be pre-kids. Yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time, right? All the time. And it's hard not to, right? Like you were a superstar athlete in college and, and that's, that's what you want to be again. And that's great. But, but look at your lifestyle differences. Now look at your priority differences. Now you've got two kids. Do you, you, you telling me you have the same amount of time to put into training as you did when you're in college, not a chance. No. And it's, it's tough. I mean, I think it's just, it's being honest with ourselves and realizing like, that's who you were then. This is who I am now. And I, ha I find it happens all the time. And I'll always share my personal experiences as well as like pre kids, I could spend two hours at the gym all the time. If I wanted to, I didn't have anything else to do. If you're 19 years old and listening to this podcast, I appreciate it, but you have all the time in the world to work on your fitness and health and training parents who are 30 plus you don't have, you don't need the time. You don't have the time. So we focus on like, what can you do now? What is, what is possible now? What are you like confidently 
nine out of 10 that you could do right now. Because I'll tell you firsthand at 31 years old right now, my training has been inconsistent for the past six to 10 months. Blame it on COVID, blame it on new baby, whatever it is. I cannot expect myself, like if gyms open up tomorrow, I am not walking up to a squat rack and trying to do 400 pounds. Yeah. I've done 400 pounds in the past when I've powerlifted in 2017, but there's no chance in hell that I'm comparing myself now to who I was then. And even who I was when I was 23, um, because that person was different as well. He had an active job. He was on his feet for 10 hours a day, but I also ate chicken and quinoa and broccoli all the time. So like yep. life is different. So I can't compare who I am now to who I am then. Parents are listening to this. Take who you are now for who you are now and focus on what you can achieve now. So whether it's 20 minutes a day, like Alex was saying, like purposeful movement every day, whether it's 20 minutes of walking, 20 minutes of yoga, exercise, whatever it is, I think that's the best way to approach it. And, and I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't set a goal, chase it down and achieve it, but it might take you a little bit longer and you might have to change your expectations a little bit. You might not be able to, like you say, train two hours a day to accomplish that. So maybe set a longer timeline or you have to make a priority shift, but either way, it's going to look a little bit differently than it did when you were 20 and you had no kids. Absolutely. I love that. The, uh, the setting expectation, I think is huge. I think because whether they're comparing themselves to their old self or not, they have this expectation of the last time they had a fitness journey or fat loss goal or whatever it was that whatever happened last time, it's going to happen again because that's how it happened last time. How do you help them kind of see things differently, I guess, and set their expectations up separately? I, I try to always get people to really take a big objective outside look at what they're doing and, 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 and understand that your journey is constantly evolving. Your journey is constantly changing. So uh, just because something worked well for you in the past, where are you moving the exact same amount as you were in the past? Are you sleeping as well as you were in the past? Are you eating as well as you were in the past? Like there's so, is your stress any different now? I mean, there's, there's so many factors that can control our progress and, and where we're at that you, you can't really compare your journey to your old journey, just as you can't compare your journey to somebody else's journey, because it's, it's constantly evolving. And it's, you're always, you're always writing a new chapter in your book, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the comparison factor is real. And as cheesy as it sounds like comparison is the thief of joy. I'm sure we've all heard that quote. And it's true. Like as a coach who shares my client's successes all the time, because I want to celebrate them, help other people see that if they're in a similar situation, it's possible for them, but that's not to get them comparing. Like if I had a client mm. lose weight on three workouts a week, no cardio, and maybe a little bit less carbs or something of the rather, that doesn't mean that that's the next best solution for the person who's right. almost like that person, right? It's still going to take an individualized approach. And I think that's where, I mean, everything kind of circles back to, to coaching because it's, it's tailored to you. It's individualized. It's for you. It's not like this random thing that okay, that person looks good. I think that's going to work for me. Um, how do you kind of steer clients away from, or potential clients from like just doing random programs or the latest swipe workout on Instagram and stuff like that? I think they just, I think they have to trust you at the end of the day. Once they, once they've been around you enough and seen, seen what you've done and seen other testimonials and transformations, and they begin to trust you, your opinion becomes stronger. And and, and I think we've both dealt with people that are stubborn, people that are new to 
anything and and if you don't if they don't trust you then it's really really hard to get that through to somebody until until you build a bit of trust with them and that's that's the game um one thing you mentioned though that that had me thinking and and i think it's huge is we we all want to celebrate progress and i love how you said that you celebrate your your clients but the the thing that's doesn't get celebrated often but is so important is is being stuck at a new a new low right? Like every, every client loves when they're losing weight, but every client hates when they're stuck at a plateau. So for anybody listening, when you're stuck at that plateau, is it a new low for you? Because that's worth celebrating. Like if you're stuck at a point that's 10 pounds lighter than before, congratulations, you're doing awesome, right? <laughs> and, and that's, that's a really hard one to wrap your head around, but being stuck at a new low is still worth celebrating. That's awesome, man. That's actually, that's a game changer right there. I love that because it's true. If you're stuck 10 pounds lighter for two weeks, that's your new weight. Like you are officially 10 pounds lighter. Um, so that's, that's a really good point. And I think it's tough too, when, when celebrating client success, because we live in such a visual world, social media, it's all instant gratification, quick things all the time that before and after is obviously the most powerful thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if they're, if they're legitimate. Um, but the thing that we, I try to get across and obviously it doesn't reach as far as a quick client picture is everyone's non-scale victories. Mm. Like I had a client last week, she had a really stressful week. Things are just, they're out of control. She said in her check-in and I was so happy. She's like, I didn't revert back to my old habits. Normally I would go to bulk barn and buy a bunch of candy and stuff my face. Or normally I would eat this but this week I didn't. And like, that made me so friggin' happy. Yeah. And like, I want to tell it to the world, like, this is huge, but the reach isn't as far unless people are actually actively reading posts and stuff like that. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. How, do you find, how do you find like social media with like sharing client success and different things like that? It's awful. It's <laughs> honestly, it's <laughs> awful. Everybody wants to see that that person lost 20 pounds. Nobody cares that they completely changed their mindset. And, and the mindset is a way, way bigger win, but it's not what people want to read. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it all comes down to the, when people are ready to make the change and when they trust you and the, they, they feel it for themselves, because I can guarantee you that client that shared that with you was really, really proud and felt really, really good about that. And nobody can take that from them. Right. So they don't, they don't need to, they don't need that number on the scale to celebrate their win. They got their win. And that's huge. That, yeah. that, that person deserves a huge congratulations for that. I was, yeah, I was so happy for them. And it's, it's tough. And you're absolutely right. Like unless someone's actively ready to change and maybe looking for that spark and reads that and connects it to themselves, it's not going to come across as sexy as a before and after. And I, I, I understand it. It's unfortunate, but I make sure, and this is a shift I've made as a coach and you can speak to this probably as well as in the beginning as a coach, and maybe we're, we're not as educated as we are now. We celebrate the scale more often than not. Like, oh, the scale went down. Like, Good job. The scale went down. Whereas now it's like, I want to celebrate those wins way more than the scale because yeah. it's so much more important. People who went out to dinner with their family and didn't pig out like they normally would or over the Christmas season where they had a couple big meals, they enjoyed themselves, did not feel guilty whatsoever. Like those to me are much more important than if you lost two pounds this week. Yeah, I, I love the scale because it's so easy. Everybody's got one and it's it's an easy measurement. I always tell my clients though, if, if I could, I would have scales in all of your houses that didn't have screens. 
and and the data would just get sent to oh, me. Oh yeah, that'd be amazing, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I like to use it for the data. I look at an average of weights over time and I look at trends. I don't care if your weight went up five pounds one day and down three pounds the next day. That means nothing to me. I want to see your trend over time. But I know that the I know the mind game that that can play on people. So if if there was a way I could get that data without you seeing it. I would 100% That's be unreal. all over that. <laughs> any, de- any developers listening to this, man, yeah. <laughs> this is a business idea. Do that. It's true. I mean, there's it's tough because you're right. Like it's an amazing data point for us, for the clients who are the ones stepping on the scale. And I'm I'm guilty of this too. I've done the same. You you step on with an expectation, like okay, like it's been a great week. I I didn't go over my calories yesterday. It's gonna go down today. You step on it. It doesn't. It's gone up <laughs> a pound. And you're like, what the hell? Like, what the yeah. fuck's happening? And you're pissed. You're frustrated. Screw the scale. I'm gonna eat whatever I want. And then this becomes this like fight with the scale all the time. So with clients, like I, I off the hop, I say, look, progress pictures are more important. Measurements are more important. Sure. I love to use the scale for data. If you feel like you're gonna get too emotionally tied into what the number says, we won't use it. Yeah. Most people are okay with using it as long as, again, you set their expectations. You let them know that, look, day-to-day fluctuations mean nothing. It's the trends, the trends, the trends, the trends over time, over weeks, and not just over three days. It's like over weeks, what's happening. That's so much more important. Agreed. A hundred percent. One one thing that I do with most of my clients, but but there's always exceptions where people hate the scale and hate what it does to them. Um, I try to get most of them to weigh in more frequently. We, we do yeah. almost daily weigh-ins and, and I want them to embrace those days where the weight is up and I want to talk about it. Okay, why do you think it's up? Did you have something with a little bit higher sodium maybe? Did you not sleep well? Like your body's retaining water, obviously. So let's talk about that. What are the reasons that we retain water? And, and I feel like the more often we see those random increases and random decreases in weight, uh, the less control that scale can have over our minds. It becomes normalized because yeah. they can see for themselves like, okay, it went up and for no real apparent reason. And it's true. Like I do anyone who wants to scale or is okay with me using the scale with them. It's daily weigh-ins. Like that's the way to go. Um, Cause even then, like I had a client message me on Friday. She's like, Oh, like I'm heavier this week. I'm like, well, I mean, you waited on Monday and you waited on Friday and the other numbers are different, but that doesn't tell us anything. Like that could be a new low. The rest of the week could have been so much higher. Yep. Um, but it's true. It's just at the end of the day, for anyone listening, look, the scale is a data point for yourself or your coaches to use to see part of your progress. The scale is nowhere near the end all be all of your progress, how you feel in your clothes, your mindset around food and training. That's so much more important. Well, and I mean, you and I both know to gain weight, we need a caloric surplus. If your weight went up, did ask yourself honestly, is there any chance you were in a caloric surplus? No, you haven't been eating extra. You, you've, you've been honest with your nutrition. You're eating in a deficit. Then the only answer is water retention. Yep. And there's how many factors that involve for water retention? Like a million. A, yeah. A million. Like that's the thing. I think we try, <laughs> yeah. we try and try and try to control this device and this number that ultimately we have no control over what that scale says to us. Like you could have the perfect diet. You can hit your calories every day. And you might still see a spike at the end of the week. That's not your fault. Yep. Right? It doesn't mean you're doing a bad thing. Doesn't mean you're in the wrong. Doesn't mean you're not seeing progress. The scale is not indicative always of fat loss progress. Agreed. Awesome. Um, this has been a good chat so far. I'd love to ask, I am guessing what your company means, but I'd love to know like where Breaking 90 came from. What's it all about? 
he, okay, this is funny actually too, because it came from starting with athletes and starting with a strength training program. So it came from breaking 90 degrees in, in squats and, squat. and, and, and basically a full range of motion in any movement. Um, but, but since then it's kind of transformed into, we do 90 day, uh, transformation journeys for people. So, so uh, it's 90 days to get a weight loss breakthrough is, is kind of what I've transformed it into. That's legit. Yeah. Cause the first time I read it, I'm like, okay, he's talking about a squat. And then <laughs> yeah. like from the business side of things, I'm like, okay, and like he's working with women who's trying to lose fat. So now that you explained it all, like now it just, it's like a double meaning, which is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Better. And, and it, it's fine. It's just, it's grown and adapted and it's done what it had to. Yeah. Did you spend much time coming up with it or just kind of just came on? It was actually my wife who came up with it because one of the things I always said to clients in the gym is make sure you're breaking 90. (laughs) I'd I'd be always on people about breaking 90. And that was just a common term she heard me using and she liked it. And uh, one of my buddies put the logo together for us. Legit. Legit. That was like, uh, my story is not so fun. Mine was just like, what sounds cool? What's going to translate well? And like strong John kind of just came out. Yeah, it sounds like, awesome. I I'm like, love, yeah, I love I'm like, it's gonna come. And then like <laughs> the rebranding last year, like shout out to uh, to Igor for pushing that donut logo because like that's just been fun. I lo- I love your logo. I appreciate it. It's it's, it's honestly super fun because like I'll go to donut shops wearing like the donut half donut logo. And, like, do you own a bakery? I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm a personal trainer, and they're all like, what the hell's going on here? So it's super fun. Yeah, um, it's so smart. This has been awesome. I love love chatting with you. You are top-notch coach like everything you're saying makes 100 percent sense now a couple more things before we I let you go um, okay. so you can get some work done before your son wakes up from his nap um what is if you could pick one one piece of advice and it's probably a tough question for someone trying to lose fat keep it off this year one piece of advice what would it be uh i'm gonna i'm gonna mix two pieces into one piece okay you're allowed i'll allow <laughs> uh, I would say be patient and track consistency rather than results. Nice. Yes. That's fucking awesome. Love that. Okay. Awesome. So this is the time of the podcast where you can plug yourself, man. Tell everyone where they can find you, what you got going on, that sort of thing. Cool. Uh, I would love it if anybody wanted to come follow me on Instagram at breaking 90 fitness, the word 90, not the number. Um, I'd love it if you guys came and followed me and give out tons of free content on there. And I'd love to connect with anybody if they reach out to me on there. Um, I've also got a free Facebook group that if anybody wants to, they can join. And the link is in my Instagram bio. So the easiest place to find me is Instagram at breaking 90 fitness. Perfect. Man. I'll, I'll put the, uh, I'll put the links to the Facebook group and the Instagram and uh, show notes. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, John. I really appreciate you having me here. This has been awesome, dude. Hope you have yourself a great day and uh, catch you on the next one. Yeah, for sure. Later, man. Take care.